Coming up on Stu Does America, we all know that Andrew Cuomo is awful. Dot com. It's true. Uh, no better person to tell us the latest failure from Andrew Cuomo than one Janice Dean. She joins us today. Very excited to have her on. And we're going to tell you the story of the most valuable and least valuable video of all time. It's the same video. This is a crazy story. We will tell you about it coming up. Uh, we want to make sure you subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash stew. Now, we have a special deal going on right now. Why? Well, the First Amendment's going away. So it's our First Amendment expiration date special. 30 bucks off your subscription to blazetv.com at blazetv.com slash stew. To get the 30 bucks off, you need to use that promo code stew because that's how they know you like this stupid show. Plus, you'll get that 30 bucks off. It's, I don't know how long they're going to run it for, but maybe as long as we don't have a First Amendment anymore, they'll just keep rolling this thing on. Never been a more important time to support conservative media than right now. So we want that uh, to get you all hooked up with a subscription there as well. Now, we agree that what happened at the Capitol sucked, okay? Full agreement on that. But if you're like me, you probably realize it's really hard to listen to the left about it. I just can't take it. So let's do the dueling riots. Stu does America. <sighs> what a freaking week. I love, you know, we're in week number two here of 2021. Isn't it going well so far? I'm really excited about it, and I bet you are too. You know, what we saw at the Capitol was a national disgrace. I think we all agree on that, okay? Uh, I, I think we've all said it a bunch of times, and I mean it. And I, I, if you're like me, it's not just saying it's a national disgrace. I'm pissed off about what happened at the Capitol. It's my freaking country. You don't go in there and trash things and beat up police officers. I mean, have you seen the video of the police officer who's just writhing in pain as he's caught in the door? This stuff is not cool. Uh, you, you know, obviously people died there. We had vandalism inside the Capitol. We had, uh, you know, people, you know, the one police officer dragged down the steps. I mean, this is ugly stuff. And we've said it over and over again. I am angry about it. I'm not only angry about what happened at the Capitol, but I'm also angry at the effects of it all. Okay. Not only was what happened at the Capitol criminal and immoral, uh, unethical, wrong, awful, just like Andrew Cuomo, awful. And I will add this one thing to it, ineffective. Even if it was somehow not immoral and criminal and all the other things, it doesn't work. Violence is a terrible idea in every single way. And you shouldn't do it. So we all know that we've been there. We've been around that uh, that sort of, you know, hamster wheel. We've been running on this thing for a few days here explaining what we actually feel. And you know what? We've been consistent throughout this thing. We were consistent in the summer about violence for politics. We're consistent. We're consistent now. I totally agree with every crazy person in the media who's yelling about how terrible this was. I think it was terrible. I guarantee I think it was worse. In reality, I think it was worse than they do because they don't care about these institutions. They don't care about the, the, the optics of America in a state like that. I actually do, and I'm pissed off about it. But it is impossible to take the criticism coming 
from the media. It's impossible. Did you think that we have forgotten the last year? Do you think we just, it just wiped away our memory? We were all inside all the time. All we could do was freaking watch TV. And all we could do is look down the street and see a bunch of buildings on fire. Do you remember any of this? Do you remember what we were saying? I remember what we were saying. We were saying it was bad. Is that what you were saying back then? It's impossible to take seriously, and it's impossible to listen to without being infuriated. Yes, we agree what happened at the Capitol was bad, but you can't, you are not the person. If you are in the media, if you are on the left, you are not the person to bring this argument. You are remarkably inconsistent, and you act as if everyone in the audience had amnesia. Do you not realize that we watched you on television saying all these things about the BLM riots? Do you remember that? If you don't remember it, watch it. I want to be clear in how I characterize this. This is a, mostly a protest. No. Uh, it, is not, uh, it is not, generally speaking, unruly. No. That ain't a riot, what we're seeing right now in no. Minneapolis. They are strictly principled anti-fascists. Oh. And they've taken a principled stand to stand against white supremacists and white nationalists wherever they may show up. I mm. argue to you tonight, all mm. punches are not equal no. morally. It says it right in the name, Antifa, anti-fascism, uh, which is what they were there um, fighting. Uh, Listen, there's you know, no organization is perfect. There was some violence. Any reasonable person would say we shouldn't be destroying other people's property, but these are not reasonable times. Oh, thank goodness for the looters, man. And please oh. show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite. And peaceful. I don't care that much about statues. Respectfully, shouldn't that be done by a commission or the city council, not a mob in the middle of the night throwing it into the harbor? People will do what they do. What you're seeing behind me is one of multiple locations that have been burning in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Do not get it twisted and think that, oh, this is some something that has not never happened before, and then this is so terrible, and where are we, and these savages, and all of that. This is how this country was started. People get mad, and people get sick of it. People are risking COVID to explain to this country that we're fed up. Most of the major movements in American history have started at the grassroots level, and at some point have turned into direct conflict with American government. So. Remember your history before you judge your present. Thuggishness is thuggishness wherever it comes from politically, and and we should be the first to call it out. I disagree. I disagree. I disagree. Excuse after excuse after excuse after excuse. They didn't care about the violence. Far more people were killed in the BLM riots than were the other day, thankfully, uh, because we do not want that number to be high in either situation. But what we're talking about here is pure, unadulterated insanity at every level. Let's look at these two riots. First, of course, we've got the Capitol, which was the riot the other day. And then the series of riots from back in the summer, the BLM riots. Well, let's look. Vandalism. Did vandalism happen in each one? Well, you're going to be surprised to hear. Yes, they did. All right. How about destruction of property? Destruction of property. Oh, there's a lot of destruction of property in both cases, of course. Check mark and check mark. 
Was there death of civilians and police? Well, of course, there was in both situations. Checkmark and checkmark. Was there an attack on federal buildings? Uh, yeah, yeah, there were in both cases. In fact, in Portland, we're still seeing attack, uh, attacks on federal buildings, and no one seems to care at all. The FBI basically had their buildings occupied, and everyone was like, ah, what's the big deal? These protesters have, they're on the right side of the argument. It's okay for them to do it. How about a less than factual basis for the riots? Here's the thing. Check mark on both sides of that one. Lots of lies going around about the election. But you know what? Lots of lies going around about police officers and the scale of what has happened in that particular arena. When you have a situation where people are convinced that thousands of individuals have been killed by police in racist shootings every year and the real number is something like nine, which is nine is too many. But you know what? It's also higher than reality because many of those times people were these are absolutely justified shootings. When you look at the end of the day, it every shooting, every death of someone that should not have happened is a real problem. But there is no systemic issue here. There is no um, overwhelming genocidal bloodlust by police officers on, uh, on, on African-Americans in this country. It's not a thing. The thing you think is a thing is not a thing. Okay. Lots of lies around it. That does not mean that George Floyd should have died, right? That was a really bad incident and is something that was real. And we all agreed on that. And then we said, you know what? You shouldn't burn buildings over it. And you know what you said? The opposite. Yeah, you got to understand it. Look, there are a couple buildings, a couple statues. They'll do what they do. How does that feel from Nancy Pelosi now when she sees what that feels like on the other side? And again, this is as I led the show with straight out. No justification for what freaking happened at the Capitol. It was awful. But I said it was awful then. And I'm saying it's awful now. So. Let's look at these two incidents. Which ones were condemned by Stu Bergeer and every thinking conservative I know? Checkmark and checkmark. Both of them were condemned by me and every conservative that I know. You know what? That wasn't hard. It wasn't hard for me to do that. You know why it wasn't hard? Because I'm being freaking consistent. You know why it wasn't hard for you? Because you care about the truth. You know why it is hard to be consistent if you're in the media? Because you don't care about the truth, apparently. You just care about what is going to help your side. You, it's just impossible to see it any other way. Uh, we're, we're, which riots were condemned by the media? You saw two check marks when I was talking about it. Well, with the media, there's only one check mark. Because the BLM riots were not condemned by the media. How about condemned by companies all over the world? All these giant companies. Well, I mean, they were very upset about the MAGA riots. I know that. How about BLM? Uh, No, they weren't upset about that at all. In fact, they were putting it in their slogans. They were doing commercials to honor the organization burning down cities all over America. How about... um, Embraced by the media? Well, you got an easy one on there, I guess. This one's going to be nice and easy. Eh, Checkmark. Of course, on the BLM side, only the BLM riots were embraced by the media. No riots should be embraced by anybody. That's not how this thing works. It's not how it's supposed to exist in this country. How about slogans printed on the NBA court? Any MAGA riot slogan to stop the steal, make it to a Milwaukee Bucks game that I might have missed. Let me see. Uh, No, 
did not. BLM, all over every court, all over every field, talked about endlessly on every sports broadcast. Believe me, I watch them. How about funds raised to bail out rioters by the vice president? I don't know. Did Mike Pence do that? I don't think so. No. Kamala Harris did it when she was running for president and about to be vice presidential, the vice presidential nominee. I don't think Mike Pence did it for the MAGA riots, partially because they were saying they were going to execute him. I think that may have been a determinative factor for Mike Pence saying, you know, I'm not going to raise money for these guys because they're, they're, they're searching for me and they're saying they're chanting in the Capitol, hang Mike, Mike Pence. So I'm thinking maybe he's not going to raise any money for them. But I know it's a borderline one. Who knows? How about murals? Painted in the streets to memorialize the wonderful riots. Which one of the two did that happen? Was it? Oh, yeah, just BLM. No, no one's going to do that for the MAGA riots, nor should they. But they shouldn't have done it for BLM either. How about concerns about COVID spread? Oh, you know, there's only one that had concerns there. Hmm. Yeah, a lot of people really upset about the MAGA uh, uh, riots and, and all the COVID spread. Never heard that with the BLM riots. I understand. And I am not minimizing what is going on and what went on at the Capitol and what is threatened to happen later this week. None of that is being minimized by me. What I'm trying to do is point out that both of the periods were terrible. Both of them were terrible. All the things that were celebrated all the wonderful uh, slogans, all of the uh, commercials we got to see when Frosted Flakes and Tony the Tiger came out and said he was against racism too. All of that, we all agree that racism is bad. However, riots are also bad. This is not some sort of advanced physics equation here. When you see one side burning down a building or breaking windows or spray painting or destroying property or threatening people's lives, you say it's bad. When it's on your side later on in the year, you also say it's bad. The reverse is also true. It's impossible to have anyone take any of this stuff seriously when, when one entire group, one of our, the fourth estate is sitting there saying, you know what? Let's pick and choose which riots we approve of. Political violence is always wrong. This is the United States of America. This is not supposed to happen here. It's not supposed to happen on the Republican side, and it's not supposed to happen on the Democratic side. And shame on you. If you can't checkmark every one of those things the same, you're the problem. You're a huge part of it. If you can't look at all those different things and say, you know what? Yeah, I criticize that one, and I criticize this one. Yeah, I thought that last one was terrible, and I think this one's terrible. It just seems, I don't see how you see it as anything other than naked partisanship. And with all the problems that we have, that's a big one. That is a big cause of what we're seeing go on today. So go back, look at those questions, rewind it. Watch all those questions again. If you can't have the same check marks on all those things, then you're going to see a major... You've got a major problem with consistency. And I can't convince anybody to listen to you. I can't convince anybody to take you seriously if you can't be consistent on such a simple issue.
What we need now is a box of awesome. We need awesome things in a box delivered to us so we can have awesome times with awesome things. That's what Bespoke Post has done. They've done it again with their all-new lineup of essential Box of Awesome collection for guys guaranteed to upgrade your life. No matter what you're into, Box of Awesome has an awesome box for you. You want to talk about a great present if you're a lady, if you happen to be a lady, and you happen to have a man in your life, and you're thinking, hey, you know, isn't like Valentine's Day coming up? I don't know. I think it is. This is a great freaking present for Valentine's Day. The Box of Awesome is just a great idea. To get started, you take the quiz at boxofawesome.com. Your answers will help them pick the right box of awesome for you. They release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories. Really anything uh, a guy is into, you can get them something from here and they're going to love it. Uh, Each box is only 45 bucks. And the best thing is they say, they always tell me to say, oh, but it has over $70 worth of value. Look, this is just me. This isn't them telling you this. This is me telling you this. But I've looked at a lot of these boxes. I haven't seen one that's $70. They're way more. They're, there's tons of stuff in there. This is a great value at $45, and it's a great present as well. You can get 20% off your month, uh, first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code STU at checkout. Remember the promo code STU, of course, because that's how they know you like this stupid show. Boxofawesome.com. Enter the code STU at checkout. Get 20% off now. Boxofawesome.com. Well, one of my absolute favorite people is here with us today, Janice Dean. She's the senior meteorologist at Fox News Channel and, of course, the author of Mostly Sunny, How I Learned to Keep Smiling Through the Rainiest Days. Janice, thanks for coming back on. Hi. See my what I'm drinking out of tonight? <laughs> She's got the Andrew Cuomo is awful dot com mug. Wow. That is. <laughs> How did you get a hold of one of those things? Well, I got it for Christmas, but I can't tell you who it's from because she's a well-known news anchor, and I just don't want to give that away. <laughs> oh, you're killing me with that one. I've got to know at some point at least. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you off air. Okay, sounds good. Um, thank you so much for coming back on. Uh, once again, we are in another moment where Andrew Cuomo is being awful. I mean, I feel like every time I get to a point where I think he can't do any worse, he somehow magically does it. I feel exactly the same way, uh, Stu. It it feels like we're in the twilight zone, actually. You know, now the vaccine rollout is happening and he's completely botching that. The one thing that might happen is because the vaccine rollout affects more people than just seniors, maybe more people will start to realize how awful he truly is. Mm, I, I hope you're right on that. I want to play a, a quick uh, clip of him from a couple weeks ago as he's trying to uh, roll out his tough guy vaccine stance, which I just do not understand. Here it is. If there is fraud or fraudulent sale or fraudulent vaccination, uh, that is very serious. That provider will lose their license, period. They'll be out. I don't care if you're a doctor, you're a nurse. Uh, it's a crime, in my opinion. <laughs> Glad we have his opinion on what a crime is. It's a, it's an amazing thing, though. You're putting these people who are trying to get this vaccine out in an impossible position. Well, that's why there were vaccines flushed down the toilet, right? Mm. Because there was such strict uh, uh, enforcement from this governor, like, we're going to fine you a million dollars, people, if you don't give them to the special hierarchy that my kingdom <laughs> is telling you. Um, and that's what got us into trouble in the first place, or at least got him into trouble. But then the greatest part is that the 
mayor, Bill de Blasio, who, you know, most of New York dislikes, came out as a hero because he was the one who said, wait a minute, you're flushing down precious vaccines into the toilet. And by the way, why can't my 75 year old father get the vaccine? So it was the, you know, it was not only they would get fined for, you know, jabbing the wrong person, that's not in their specific hierarchy, um, but they weren't allowing vulnerable people like seniors to get in front of the line. Mm. It's just, an, I mean, I understand the basic concept of having a priority schedule, right? Like you want to make sure that when there's scarcity, people who need it most can get it. But he, as usual, came down with this weird edict of either fining you a million dollars if you if you give it to someone who is out of line, or you could also get fined if you got you didn't give it to anyone. Like if you if you had to throw it down the uh, flush it down the toilet, at least initially, there were threats of fines for that too, putting providers in a position where they probably just didn't want to have anything to do with this vaccine. It probably scared the heck out of people, and now you have a situation where. Uh, vaccines have been flushed down the toilet. People, there's a huge demand, uh, the, and they, the people who need it can't get it. And now here's Andrew Cuomo flailing around with different uh, policy decisions all over again. Uh, you know, again, he wrote a book about leadership. This is not leadership. <laughs> the book about leadership. <laughs> yeah, I think the problem, Stu, is he wants to be a celebrity. Like, he wants to win Emmys. And he wants to write books and he wants to hang out with like De Niro and Billy Crystal. And that's really where his priorities are instead of figuring all of this out. I mean, literally, I think he's going to get away with the March 25th order uh, that put COVID positive patients into nursing homes. But I don't know how he gets away with, you know, it taking five years for New Yorkers to get vaccines. Mm, I don't know either. Uh, you point out uh, that he wants to be a celebrity. The book is an interesting thing. You wrote a great uh, article about um, about his the timing of his book release, which I know we're both fascinated with, where he releases this book at a, after a long period of, you know, moderate coronavirus infections in New York. <laughs> and like the second the book hits the shelves, the, the graph goes straight up. I mean, it's uh, it's almost like karma telling him you shouldn't have written this book. Well, and you know what? The mainstream media is actually latching on to that now. Maggie, Maggie Haberman, one of the, oh, yeah. you know, I, does she work for the New York Times? She's a big time yeah, Times. reporter, right? The Times. So she wrote last night, you know, the timing of this uh, is a little bit of a uh, roll of the dice, don't you think? <laughs> So I feel like, are they now seeing this egotistical, I, listen, I, I hate, you know, coming down on people and I'm not somebody that hates people. So it's hard for me to like really go there, but I'm going to go there. I mean, he is like an egotistical, crazy person. It's very true. I can see you're so nice as you're struggling through calling him what he is. But it's true. You're totally right on this. And he's shown the wrong priorities. And I, I think one of the things I've been fascinated about with the whole Cuomo saga is not necessarily that he's been I mean, he has been incompetent at every turn, but he's also had this wild 
uh, flailing back and forth between different policies where he will say, um, you know, something definitive, like I'm going to find you a million dollars and take your license away. And then eight or 10 days later, he's completely reversed the policy. And he's so sure of himself at both times. This is not the this is not the the, the profile of a leader. This is a profile of an, of an insane person. It's funny you bring that up because I've noticed that I've been covering him now for 10 months for obvious reasons, because my husband's parents, we lost them uh, in nursing homes. And I just saw no one asking the governor about his March 25th order that was in effect for 46 days that put over 6,000 COVID positive patients into nursing homes. And I started noticing when he did get the question, which was not very often, he would change his response all the time. So he would say, oh, well, this is political and it's Trump. And then the next time he was asked, he would be, well, it's God. No, it's nature. New York Post. Uh, No, no, no. It's the nursing home (laughs) workers. Wait, wait, wait. No, it's actually the nursing home residents. And I just thought to myself, no one is advising him to like stick with one answer because I feel like had he done that, he would have been a better, like, lying politician. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, he just keeps bouncing around. I don't, I don't, I, he's just throwing everything against the wall and hoping no one ever calls him on it. And luckily, because he's Andrew Cuomo, no one does. I mean, it, it's got to be a great place to be, I guess. If you're going to be an incompetent governor, you want to be a Cuomo. Um, I, I, you mentioned, uh, speaking of incompetent uh, politicians, you mentioned Bill de Blasio. And I do find this part of the story fascinating in which Bill de Blasio has been the butt of every joke in New York City for his entire time as mayor. And Andrew Cuomo has developed this unique capacity to be able to be embarrassed by Bill de Blasio over and over again and somehow end up on the wrong side of arguments with de Blasio over and over again in public. It's almost impossible. Right. I mean, at the very beginning, de Blasio was like, we're going to shut the city down. And Cuomo's like, no, we're not. But then the next day he shut it down. Uh, and then it was about the schools, yeah. right? De Blasio was like, we got to shut down the schools. Cuomo's like, no, we're not. And then the next day he does. <laughs> and you know what? It's so funny. I was doing some research on their hate-hate relationship. And I came up with something that happened back in 2016. I don't know if you know about this, Stu. But they couldn't get, they didn't know what to do with a deer that was found in, I don't think it was Central Park, it might have been Battery Park, like a lost deer that should have been somewhere else. Okay. And they were they were fighting, both of them, de Blasio and Cuomo, on what to do with this little lost deer. And they took so long trying to figure out where to put the deer, the deer died. <laughs> that, is the ent- story. that is their entire job performance in a microcosm right there. That is. That is I, so true. Uh, it's so sad, though. I mean, like I, we sit here and we laugh about it because I don't know what else to do. Right. I, it, because it, we'd be crying if we didn't. Yeah. I mean, because it's you know this is really affecting people. I mean, you look at uh, you know we've seen this. Um, I think you may have tweeted this article from the uh, the Empire uh, Center where they they talk about the multiple layers of bureaucracy you need to go through to even set up an appointment to get the vaccine. I mean, here we have this miracle of a vaccine in a year. And somehow Andrew Cuomo is screwing this up. I mean, it's just it's just a terrible shame. It is a shame. Um, 
And they've been preparing for many years in case there was a pandemic in New York. Uh, my husband's a firefighter and he can tell you, you know, they've, they've had, you know, trial runs of something like this. But for some reason, the governor is not going by what the counties have been advised to do. He's decided to completely blow up their plan and say, well, no, this is the way I want to do this. And we're going to make the hospitals bear the brunt of the responsibility on vaccinating everyone. And these hospitals have never done this before, this once in a lifetime pandemic. So, you know, a lot of these hospitals and, you know, getting right into the, I, you know, there are, there are many reasons to think that Andrew Cuomo uh, does favors for hospitals because his, he's getting money from them. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so you can go down that road. Why did he pick hospitals? But then he throws the hospitals under the bus because they're not getting the vaccines into arms. So I just, I don't know. I don't know what his plan is, but I will tell you just seeing on social media, seeing what Empire Center is putting out there, seeing what uh, the Times Union put out this morning, saying these um, leaders are saying it's chaos. It's like trying to get a Super Bowl ticket when you didn't even have a chance. People are trying to get online for their parents and their grandparents. And they are going through like this 51 step process it's insanity. Mm, it really is. Um, before I let you go, Janice, there's the, the, the you mentioned the March 25th order. We know how devastating that was to the state. There's continual lawsuits from media organizations to try to get access to the numbers of what's going on. They keep giving this excuse where they're saying, look, we're, we're, we're diligent. We're, we're trying to find this information out. However, they've also supposedly done a study that exonerated themselves. Uh, they did nothing, absolutely nothing wrong. They must have access to this data if this report is real, but they will not share it with anyone. You'd think they'd be proud of showing it if it exonerated them. Is there any way we're going to come to a resolution on this or do we, is this just hopeless? I feel it's hopeless, to be honest with you, and the Justice Department as well. I, I got a quote from the Justice Department during the holidays from a senior advisor at the Justice Department saying that Cuomo has given them nothing mm. the highest investigation in the land and this guy is above it so unfortunately Stu, i've i've lost hope with that i uh, you know bill hammond who works with empire center who was sued through the foil act to get the information says eventually they have to do it but they continue to stonewall and so i don't know if we're ever going to get the numbers um it's it's really disheartening to be honest with you well, it's true that every other state in the union has been able to come up with these numbers, except Andrew Cuomo's New York. Uh, we've got to get to the bottom of it. I know Janice has done so much hard work to make sure that this actually happens. And thank you. so. <laughs> she, she knows Andrew Cuomo is awful dot com as well. Oh, you know, don't don't beverages just taste a little bit better in that particular mug. Yes, especially when it's, you know, like whiskey. <laughs> we all need whiskey right now. Janice Dean, uh, she's the senior meteorologist, of course, at Fox News. The book, Mostly Sunny, How I Learned to Keep Smiling Through the Rainiest Days. Janice, thanks so much for coming on. Stu, I love you. Thank you so much for the platform you've given me and all of your support. I, I'm, I'm grateful. Thank you, Janice. All right, back in a second.
If you spent time online and read comment sections of websites, you've no doubt seen some pretty vile, offensive comments written by anonymous people. Sure. Saying things they would never actually say if their names were posted. Right. That's free speech, of course, and people have a right to say whatever they want. Oh. Whatever happened to free speech? Just meet more free speech with more speech. That's like kind of a bedrock idea. Put Amen. me down as one who just says, don't make a fuss. If somebody's going to come and speak, let them speak. Oh. We have the right to use speech civilly, peacefully, to say, that's wrong. I object but to it. Anybody who comes to speak to you and you disagree with, you should have an argument with them. Okay. But you shouldn't silence them. No, of course not. By saying you can't come because, you know, my sense, I'm too sensitive mm. to hear what you have to say. That's the way you toughen the other side. We're going to have young liberals who can't hear the other side. We're going to have very ineffective liberals this is, going this forward. You guys all know this. I am a huge proponent of oh. free speech. Sure. Oh, for sure. And that God. means speech you don't like. Oh. But they don't support free speech when they don't like it. That's when they disinvite journalists and they shrink away from interviews and they won't put their people out on shows like this. Hmm. Freedom of speech is the purpose of the United States of America. And every time this country's government has tried to alter that fact hmm. or has ignored it in the slightest, it has met with disaster. We hurt ourselves badly when we don't allow the speech to take place. Now, speech can move to the point of incitement. Mm -hmm inciting riots, inciting, but the truth of the matter is, okay. the incitement that occurs before the person even speaks, that falls on those who are engaged in that violence, not on the speaker. Oh, I think I understand now. You've completely changed your position based on what you're trying to get done today. We're looking at an impossible impeachment here in the coming days, most likely going to happen. Uh, and it is just fascinating to see people, uh, you know, change their opinion like this. I mean, free speech, that's what you care about. Let me give you some headlines. Amazon uh, partner uh, GoDaddy has booted a gun site from its servers. Twitter has suspended 70,000 QAnon accounts since the U.S. Capitol riot. Wouldn't that fit into the speech you don't like category? I don't understand. How about um, Save Democracy? Sasha Byron Cohen urges YouTube to ban Trump. I guess YouTube is one place that Trump still has an account. Surprised he's not on there. Parler sues Amazon after the uh, company removal of app. Parler finds refuge with right-leaning web hosting service. Is this what we want? I mean, I, you have to think about what capitalism is. We praise it all the time, but a lot of times we don't think about what it actually is. If you go back to the development of humanity and society, um, go back and read uh, Matt Ridley's uh, book, The Rational Optimist, and he goes through all of this. Forever... Tribes didn't deal with other tribes. People didn't deal with them. They only dealt with their own tribe. And they all tried to do everything themselves. And then eventually specialization came along. And specialization made it so we could optimize society. So that people had expertise in one thing and didn't have to do everything else all the time. And there's a big problem with that at the beginning in, in particular. Why? Because it meant you had to trust other tribes. You had to go find somebody in the woods. You'd bump into it and be like, hey, uh, let, me, uh, let me give you this uh, rock for that uh, log. And there had to be that log rock trade. The log rock trade was not simple. It seems simple now. Currency came along and bridged that gap so that you could do business with people you didn't trust. You could do business and exchange goods and services that you needed with people you didn't trust, you didn't like, you didn't know. That's capitalism. That is 
free trade. That is the basis of our entire civilization. So do you want a situation where you have to go find the right wing web hosting service when you want to put your your website up? I mean, that's the site. That's the way we're going right now. You shouldn't have to do that. But that thankfully, somebody came up with a right wing web hosting service. Who knew, by the way, who knew there was one? Well, you're going to start seeing them now because capitalism will answer these questions, too. Might not be immediate, but people are going to realize that, you know what, there's a market out there to get free speech on the Internet. And people will will solve those problems. Will it be immediate? It's not going to be fast enough for any of us. I will tell you that. But it will happen because that is what the free market actually does. But to sit here and say that, you know, you heard Nancy Pelosi say it. I want more speech. Why don't we have more speech? Just have more speech. More speech is free speech. Free speech is more speech. That is the answer. The answer is more speech. You know, the answer is coming out and saying, you know what? That idea, that idea there, that's dumb. You're an idiot for thinking it. That's okay. But to sit here and think that the answer to this is banning websites, banning the president of the United States from talking and giving his honest opinion, even if he was the worst president of all time and said all the worst things, we would want to know that. One of the tweets that was, I think, the most problematic from Donald Trump happened at about 6 p.m. the night of the Capitol uh, incident. And that was the one where he said, like, hey, uh, you know, hey, look, this happens when you steal elections. Remember tonight forever. And he kind of goes through that. They deleted that tweet. How is history going to remember that? If Donald Trump is this huge problem, shouldn't we know it? Shouldn't we have it archived? Shouldn't we remember it? Banning the words of the president of the United States is not the answer here. And nor is banning the words of Bob, who, you know, talks about Miley Cyrus movies from 15 years ago. Um, Did she do any movies? I don't know. know. The point is banning speech, not the answer. Back in a second. Let me tell you the story of the most valuable video of all time and also the least valuable video of all time. I'm going to say those are two different videos, right? No, they are the same video. They're made by, uh, let's see, his name is Stefan Thomas. He's a German-born programmer living in San Francisco today. This is a video he made back in 2011, and I think you'll see how amazing this video is to be the most valuable video of all time. Watch. What is Bitcoin? Bitcoin is the first decentralized digital currency. Bitcoins are digital coins you can send through the internet. Compared to other alternatives, Bitcoins have a number of advantages. Bitcoins are transferred directly from person to person via the net without going through a bank or clearinghouse. Mm -hmm. This means that the fees are much lower, you can use them in every country, your account cannot be frozen, and there are no prerequisites or arbitrary limits. Let's look at how it works. Bitcoins are generated all over the internet by anybody running a free application called a Bitcoin miner. Mining requires a certain amount of work for each block of coins. This amount is automatically adjusted by the network such that Bitcoins are always created at a predictable and limited rate. So there you go. You get the point. It's a little Bitcoin tutorial. Is it a good Bitcoin tutorial? I'd say yeah. I mean, it goes through and kind of explains it for you. It's kind of a Bitcoin 101. Pretty well done. Done in 2011. I think it was part of a contest or something. I will say uh, he was able to create the best Bitcoin explainer video. And Stefan, for his trouble, got 7,702 Bitcoin. 7,702 Bitcoin. 
That was in 2011 when they were worth like a cent or less than a cent, probably in 2011. Well, now they're worth a little more than that. And here's the thing. Now they're worth. uh, I'm not going to tell you yet. Let me tell you about what's going on with this particular guy. He had a a vault. Put these things in a vault. uh, And. It's called Iron Key. And Iron Key, if you know anything about Bitcoin, they have all these different wallets and vaults to protect your Bitcoin to make sure that no one can get it. And you have a, a key. Basically, it's a key. It's a very long string of letters and numbers that can unlock it. And you have a personal key, and that's how you get into your wallet. Um, it's, a, it's a little bit complicated, but there's two ways to approach it. You can go to kind of like a commercialized, a Coinbase, a commercialized sort of thing that they'll hold it for you, or you can hold it yourself. As long as you have that key, you can always get access. So Iron Key held the access to uh, this particular guy's Bitcoin, seven, over 7,000. The issue here is that if you don't know the password, which this guy forgot and lost, you have 10 tries to get back in. If you enter the password incorrectly 10 times, it freezes the account forever. You will never get it back. So far, Stefan has entered the wrong password eight times. He's trying to remember what the right password is, because if he remembers what the right password is, he will be able to access his two hundred and fifty seven million one hundred and sixty nine thousand seven hundred and eighty dollars that he made for that video. He's got to try to remember it in the next two attempts or he will lose every penny of it forever. And you thought your day sucked. By the way, the guy that has all the Bitcoin locked in this vault and he cannot get access to it, $257 million, uh, he uh, no longer supports Bitcoin. Doesn't think it's a good idea anymore. Thinks that maybe you should be able to have easier access to your money. I'm surprised. I know you might be too. Uh, by the way, thanks for uh, hanging out for the entire show. Only the cool kids make it this long in the show. That means you're part of the Cool Kids Club. Uh, if you are part of the Cool Kids Club and you've invested this much time already, click the like button on the video. We really appreciate it when you do things like that because the stupid YouTube algorithm robots, the algobots, they like it, and then it makes them happy, and then they show it to other people. As you know, it's a difficult environment right now. You can also sign up uh, at uh, uh, blazetv.com slash stew. Promo code is stew. 30 bucks off right now. You can get all the links to all the social and everything else at stewdoesamerica.com. This is a very interesting article. And as you know, we're people of science here at Stew Does America. The question is, can four seconds of exercise make a difference? Now, that's more, it's about four seconds more than I want to do, but they actually did a study on this, and uh, it's not quite as good as it seems, but they gave uh, a bunch of people aged 50 to 68 who were sedentary but had no other health concerns. They tested their aerobic fitness, and then they started a workout routine in which literally they worked out for four seconds at a time. They completed a brief workout of repeated four-second intervals on the lab's specialized bikes. At first, they sprinted for four seconds, with the doctor then giving them 56 seconds of rest. However, they had to do that 15 times, so it was like a full minute of exercise. That's really hard. All this did, though, was, of course, up their ability to go even longer, and by the end, they were doing six full minutes of, of exercise. That's way too much, as we all know, so science has failed us again. See you tomorrow.